When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. For Visit Mildura, unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. Here's your hosts, Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk Fishing, boating, and the great outdoors. Redmond, good morning to you. Good morning, mate. It's uh, really starting to shape up this weather. Some beautiful days during the week. It has been, hasn't it? This weekend, I think we've got 20, 21, 22. It's just... And it's more, it. it's more inviting. You get up at, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock. And <laughs> Don't get up that early. My kids get up I've that early. I've got a bird at the front of my window, wattle bird, 5.14 every day. Keep going, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you do feel like the outdoors... Doors are inviting you out. Oh, you feel alive. What it was, you know, three weeks ago. Winter sucks. I don't know why we live here in Victoria, and those that are listening around the country, I'm envious of you, of times. You can see why people head, uh, head up north during the north winter west, months. Northwest, nearly to Tassie. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've got a bit more time to head up um, You north. do, and that's why I've got a few questions for you, actually, today <laughs> off the top. I'm sorry, I've got it on my list. It's not in front of you. Footy's done. The cattery, no good. Yeah, you... No good. When you're celebrating your uh, end of season and Mad Mondays in, what are we in, August? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's September now, but we were in August. Um, it's it's not as fun. It's safe to say it's not as fun. Mate. No, it's it's not. And I, it's, I was keen as a Cats to move fan, on. I got over it about 12 weeks ago when I realised these were done. <laughs> so, accepted, accepted it early. Uh, well, uh, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. first question is finals. Yes. It's happening. And then we're going to get into a bit of fishing. I've got a dream coming up for you in a minute. It's a good one. All right. Uh, will you watch finals? Yes. No. You will? Yep. Will yep. you be intrigued by it? Like, or you just I'm really it? interested in finals. So, obviously, disappointing for the category. So I, but, I know but you but love move, footy. You, move that aside. It's been an incredibly entertaining season. Inc- I can't remember the last time we've had a season that's been so even. Yep. And even though Collingwood have finished on top of the ladder, I don't see them necessarily as the far... Dominant sort of side. Well, favourite to win the whole damn thing. Well, it's not like it was years ago when we spoke about that, like a few weeks back. But it's just it's not, it's like not that you, one dominance. Anyone can win. Yeah, it's not been like, you yeah. know, you hit Richmond, it's like, oh, wow, you hit, you know, Hawthorne or you hit Geelong yeah. back in the day where it was like, you know, you just had to have everything absolutely humming. And even last year for, for us, we'd won 16 straight by the end of the season. And, you know, we're on this roll that was going to be hard to beat. Uh, I, I don't necessarily see that. I think. Brisbane are in the box seat to secure a, a you know, grand final berth. They're very they haven't lost a game there this season. No, at the Gabba. They're going to get at, you know their finals are all going to be at the Gabba. Um, it's just whether they can win at the G. The other the other interesting piece to this is so Collingwood finish first. They play Melbourne at you know their home ground each. It's been interesting seeing some of them. Yeah. The articles this week around, you know, more needs to be done to advantage the top teams. Well, I didn't see those complaints coming last year when the Cats (laughs) hosted a home final at Collingwood's home ground. 
So mm. you can jam that. It is just a ridiculous notion in terms of what more needs to be done to benefit the top sides. Do you want a box of tissues? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Can't so, win this year. So I, I, I don't know who I tip out of those two, to be honest. Well, that was my next question. Who's winning? Well, well flat. I, I don't. There's someone out there having a punt gonna, who's winning. Well, I'm going to say Collingwood beat Melbourne, but yes. with, with not much confidence. You know, Petrarca gets on a roll. He's a hard man to stop. Mm. Gorn didn't get in the All-Australian 40. Who does this All-Australian? Well, they, they go at they, – they, they, they all manage like, it throughout the year. So they're a bit like weather people. They don't get it right, but they still continue no, on the no, job. No, no, I'm only saying if you're picking a Ruckman <laughs> going into this September, I think pretty much everyone would pick Gorn. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he's in phenomenal form. So it doesn't get in the 40, but Unknown I think – caller. There we go. Um, he he gets, doesn't get in the 40, but I think he's the most dominant Ruckman in the competition at the moment that's still remaining. English had a fantastic season, um, notwithstanding. Uh, so I'd, I'm going to go Collingwood, but with no certainty whatsoever. Then you've got the, you know, the, you know, six to eight, which is a really fascinating little period there. I what think, can Carlton do? I think Carlton can win it. I think it's going to be. It's still finals is a different ball game. It's going to suit Chris uh, Cripps enormously, contested player. So it does change in that respect. So I think they're well settled there. They've probably got. Well, arguably the most informed player in the competition in Charlie Kernow. I think he's a gun. I, I think there's every chance. I'm tipping a bit of an upset. I think Sydney beat St Kilda at the G. Just to, I don't know why. I just got this feeling, but I do think I do think Carlton will win. Who wins the whole thing? I'm going to go with Brisbane. Okay, Brisbane it is. What are you doing this off season? <laughs> what are we doing? Are we uh, fishing? We're fishing, absolutely. Are we going fishing. somewhere? No, are we going well, somewhere? What are we doing? We're we're going down to uh, we've got in two weeks' time or a week's time. We're going down to Portland, so yeah. I'm staying down. At, going down to Portland, get a barrel. So I'm staying down at uh, the Big Four um, in Port Ferry with Mards and kids for a week, and I have asked for a day that I won't be around. Sure. So I'm expecting that I wake up and all of a sudden you've towed the seven fifty accidentally with the big ram. Brad Close is in on this. He's, he's very He's keen. not coming ever again. <laughs> <laughs> For those unaware of the last time Aaron and I took out Brad Close, he spent six hours sick. He and he ruined the vibe <laughs> of the place. Oh, it was he? just crap, wasn't it? So keen to but go down and get a barrel, mate. Can you, can, make, yes, can you make that happen? I can make that work. I hope that I can make him turn up here again for you as well so we can have a couple more. What, are, you, what are your reports like? No, nah, no good at the minute. No yeah. good local, but Portland, we're going to get into that a bit later, but Portland's fishing very, very well. What have you um, been doing? What have you been fishing for? Uh, I fished the reef during the week. It's starting to get good. Gummies? Some, yeah. Uh, reef fish too. I've got beautiful swallowtail. I've got moorwong. I've got snapper. Talk to me about moorwong. Yeah. Because I've eaten them before and I've really enjoyed them. They are. So they're, they're the jackass moorwong that we caught. Not as good as the blue lip moorwong, but they're still tasty. I was going to say, I've caught the, the queen, queen the blue fish. lip. Queen yeah. snapper, as they call them. Can you target them or you've just got to go around No, we were targeting them. So we just fished that bit deeper, like 50 metres of water off the head. And down the coast, Portland and the like, you get a lot of stuff down there, like different species. But yeah, we just anchored up. We got four gummies. We lost a schoolie at the boat. But were you specific? You weren't specifically targeting more. Yeah, yep, yep, I was. So what I mean by specifically targeting them is I fished the top of the reef. So I, yep. I anchor on this reef in the middle, like right on top of him. Yep. And I chuck big baits out for gummies. Yep. And I cast it and I try and I cut them a bit bigger than normal so the reefies don't get to it. 
You're talking have, about like parrotfish and those sorts of things. And even even the swallowtail and the snapper yep. and stuff like that. We want to try and get through. We want to try and get through that. How big are we? Are we talking like? Yeah, it's big. You, you know, give fist. me a fist. Yeah, your fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearly even a Tom Hawkins fist. So what size circles are we talking? The I'm hook, just so running seven o circles in them, and you just pin them ever so slightly through the top. Yeah, gammas. They're yep. bloody good hook. Uh, Reef fishing for those, and then what I do is I set those baits out. I'll chuck three or four of them out the back for the gumbos and schoolies, and then I'll have. So um, you'll set them up, and this is an important part. You'll set them up on um, on a rod holder system that's really balanced. You're not just yep. having them sit Snapper with random. At, yeah, yeah. Like, so you've got this set out. So they're laid so out. Yeah, laid out sitting with the tide. Yeah, favoring one side of the boat in the snapper axe. Yeah, they call it a Victorian thing, the snapper axe. And I and I find it funny. You watch fishing TV shows and YouTube, and these guys fish for snapper up the coast of New South Wales and Queensland, and their rods are vertical in these rod holders. Yeah. Just get a set of three-way rod holders. Yep. It'll make, it sits so much better. I don't know why they don't do it around the country or anyone, and for those who are listening, give it a go, because you really it really does make your life different. You don't need to get them like fixed to your boat. 40 but, bucks as well. Oh, they're bloody terrific. But when we're targeting these reef fish, I fish them. So every fish I catch, I pretty much try to target as much as possible. So I have one rod. So there was... Two, so I, I don't count myself as fishing as such. I sort of just every, I'm sort of everything. Yeah. So in between, change your baits out the back, them rods, whatnot. But the two people I was fishing with, I gave both. I gave one a snapper rod, and one a reef rod. So the, the reef rod is such. What I call it the reef rod is the snapper rod has a big big squid ring on it with like a six o hook. But then the reef rod only has a little whiting hook on it, a bit lighter leader, and that's how I get the mawong because they've got a small mouth. The mawong, and they bite with their sort of teeth because they're a reef fish. So I try and pin them with the whiting hooks rather than those bigger really? hooks, and yeah, it works yeah. a treat. And that's how I get the swallowtail. That's how I get the reefies, or the mawong, and you get the pinkies like that. And then you hope on that snapper rod as such, the one, I actually caught a couple of... The schoolie took the bloody squid ring, would you believe it or not, on a snapper rod and gave us a bit of grief. But this, And we caught a couple of snapper on it as well. So... Every way we're fishing, we're targeting still. Yeah. So yeah. we're definitely targeting all that stuff. But right, I can't drop down and go, I guarantee this little bit of squid is the way to get a mormong. It's not how you do it. Yeah. But there is so many, so many um, ways to do it. Um, as the school holiday approaches, can you can you give me something that's not a sure thing? I'd love it if it was a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of families targeting easy to reach species if you don't have a boat is there something that you can do around you know whether it be hook size when fishing from from jetties and piers these garfish are the ones that i'd be sticking to that's what you go yeah, especially now like the east yep. side of port phillip bay is loaded with them there's heaps of them there really? heaps heaps and even in geelong the so what do you need to buy in order to target that if your mum and dad to dumb it down anywhere you are listening to this if you have a waterfront somewhere where there's boats somewhere there's yachts somewhere there's moorings Somewhere you can have structure. It creates life. Yep. Now, soft plastics, a grub, some sort of grub on a atomic jig head. I was asking one, eight, one six jig head. Why, why are fish attracted to structure? I was like, well, if you're in the middle of the desert and there's a um, a tree there, where are you going to stand? Are you going to stand in the sun or are you going to go over to where the tree is? Oh, well, even another, if it was shady, you'd probably go well, stand there. I'm like, well, that's what fish are like. Well, if you're in the middle of a desert too and there's a camel chasing you and going to try and headbutt you, <laughs> are you going to hide behind the tree or are you going to stand in the middle of the open? You, you want to hide. These fish are getting attacked. Every every species has something chasing it. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's their the food mechanism. Chain. It's the food chain. It's the mechanism of hiding too. It, it the, the structure creates life. So all those muscles and all the bacteria and everything that lives on that structure creates that next white bait that you see when you look over the eastern beach and you see that white bait. And what's eating that white bait? 
those salmon are eating that white bait, and the snapper are eating that white bait. And what's eating the what's eating snapper? Then you have the school sharks, or everything creates yep. something. That food so chain if, of yep. exactly. So structure is very good, and get a plastic around any sort of structure this school holidays. Any structure. Do you need catch to fish? Even if it says no fishing, don't do it there. Are you a buy, are you a buying a garfish rig specifically? Like yeah, you, you can buy them or you can make them, and making them is not that hard. So you get a float and suspend a float and set your depth. So you get these little rubber stoppers when you buy these floats as such. Yep, and you can set the float to basically what depth you want it. So if you want your bait to be only two foot under the water or three foot under the water, whatever it is, you can set them. So not hard to make. Um, if it is hard to make, we've got plenty of videos on Salt Guide and then to, to show you how to make them. But you can also purchase pre-rigged rigs, obviously, which will help you. I, I don't think they're worth the money. For the money that you spend on them, you could probably buy 10 different rigs. No, clothes, so, so I, I agree, right? But if you're not comfortable in yep. your ability to tie a rig, it's not like you're dealing with a 100 kilo southern bluefin tuna. These are not fish that are going to bust you off. So is it just easier for the run of the milk? Mum and dad if just to go out and buy the with kids. You got no interest, and the kids love fishing. So if you're out with mum and dad, and the kids bust, if your mum and dad and the kids are busting you to go fishing. You got no interest in it, but you don't know how to tie a rig. Go buy one straight away. Go buy one because yep. you can't be bothered doing it. You're not going to learn it for no reason. But it's also like I said, if you're interested in it, learning it is another way to go about it. Hey, can I talk about something <laughs> that happened? The other go, night? go ahead. Go I've, ahead. I've got it written there. Can you see that? It says Red's dream. What is your dream? Mate, I had the worst dream during the week. So, right, listen to this. It's, it's relevant. It's relevant, okay? It's not, it's not going down the wrong dream path. This is okay. good. All right. So I'm laying in bed, obviously, asleep. Wrong dream path. Asleep. That would be a nightmare. Go on. This was a nightmare, Patrick. Okay. I'm asleep. And where I live, Ocean Grove Boat Ramp, I go up past Kane's place and up this big dipper hill, right? Massive hill. And I've come up it. And all of a sudden, there's a tree across the road laying across the road. So I pulled over on it. I couldn't go around it, blocked the whole road. This is in my dream, right? My boat, my six metre north bank's on the back, my truck's in the front. Oh no. There's trees there. And all of a sudden, the whole tree is like somehow ended over my trailer. Don't know how, but this is what's happened. So we had to wait an hour. We had to wait an hour for this to clear. All of a sudden, they cleared the tree and I go to drive off. So an hour later, drive off. I get home. For some reason, I didn't notice this, but I got home and I said, something's wrong with my trailer. They popped one of my wheels. Then I go, actually, no, my boat's not there. My boat, in my dream, my boat had fallen off at the next roundabout. I had to had people coming to my house telling me that I'd lost my boat, drove back to this roundabout, I had to go back. We couldn't get the boat back on the trailer. We had to hire cranes to lift onto the trailer. You know the worst part about it is I woke up. I was stripping with sweat. I was, it was that realistic. I legit woke up thinking it was that real that this has happened. I had to walk out the front and go, had to go look at this boat, like down the back of my house to go look at this boat to make sure it hadn't gone. I legit thought I had lost my boat. <laughs> it was gone in this dream. Oh, sorry. But this, it was the most intense dream I've ever had. I was full sweating. Pacemaker was flying. Every, it was, I thought I'd lost my boat, Patrick. Yeah, lost your marbles. That's what you've lost. Come on, that was pretty good. Pretty good dream, wasn't it? Speaking of losing, this might be a, a nightmare for some, but dealers indicate that Nissan will dump the V8 in its next patrol. That is a report from. Sick of all these people getting rid of V8s. Why are they getting rid of V8s? Well, obviously they're talking about they can, they can they can produce similar power in a V6 and it'd be more economical. Yeah, let's just chuck more turbos in, make them work harder, blow up on the highway like I did one time. Well, that's so much of what. You know, people purchase patrols for is one they're cheaper than a yep. two hundred or three hundred series now, um, 
but also the V8 engine capabilities. So that's a little watch. Um, Toyota RAV4 pricing and specs have been released. Tech update for their 2023 model from July 1, already passed obviously. They're 1700 bucks more expensive. Continues a trend with, um, with vehicles becoming more and more expensive that we continue to see. So... Um, and that's all I've got for you in this sort of well, four by four space. What updates. are your thoughts on this? South Australia got rid of boat rego stickers now, gone completely as of first of September. Well, given the state of we are in and recording in Victoria, given the the uh, budgetary deficit that we're in Victoria, I dare say we'll have to have like <laughs> two or three stickers when it comes to your rego. You know, well, register it like four or five times. Hey, it's like your fishing license, right? So you're meant to carry a fishing license, and a lot of people don't. Like fisheries pull up to you. They pull out their iPad, they type the name in, you're registered, you're done. Same as coppers drive past you on the water these days, they don't come up onto your boat and check your sticker. They drive past, they put it in an iPad, and it says your boat's registered. You don't need a sticker. Do you? You don't have them on cars. No, I'm with you. But you oh. know what the pain in the backside is? You don't know when it expires. Because <laughs> you usually go, check the sticker when it Correct. expires. Well, you know when the, when the police pull you over, you go, this is it registered. Okay. Check the sticker. Goes, it's no sticker. Hey, just lastly, uh, Ram Trucks Australia is introducing a new entry level version of the DT Generation fifteen hundred pickup. Yeah. So yeah, right. As the current model, the DS Generation fifteen hundred, that's in run out mode. Um, that's my one. Yep. So that's in run out mode, um, and new models have been okay. A new model is being introduced. Mrs. I'm going to like that when I tell her I need an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Which is said to be cheaper, but nothing in the 4x4 space at the moment, Aaron, as we all know, is any cheaper. So I'll uh, be interested to see once we actually get confirmation of prices around that. They're talking around um, 119 grand, 120k. That's more before, than my last ute. But, but exactly, before on-road costs. So <laughs> oh, Jesus. Cheaper? <laughs> I don't think so. Hey, uh, massive show of Real Adventures coming your way this morning. Wayne Blake joins us a little later in the show to talk through the early snapper bite. He's catching some huge snapper, up to 90 centimetres, and he's going to tell us how. All that and more on Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures for Visit Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood with you this morning to chat fishing, boating and the great outdoors. It is time for the whip around where we fly around the state and we find out what's biting in your neck of the woods. We kick things off in New South Wales. Did you see the photos of these kingfish I'm about to talk about? Absolutely huge. Top water, marimbula kingfish, massive. It's one of the things that gets everyone excited. Well, top water, that's the difference. You're not baiting these fish. It is explosion at the surface and there's no greater fighting fish for mine and you you know the rules in when you're targeting these fish there's one rule you have to have when you're targeting top water fish you have to wear a face mask patrick you have that's all top water anglers have their face mask on so you must wear a face mask it's like an early gaff yes it is uh (laughs) great great fishing there uh baseman's bay some beautiful snapper on micro jigs come out of there and still some tuna kicking about too and then moving up a bit further north Sydney, Kings and Snapper, again, jigs for him. I read a post. This guy was so happy with his jigging efforts. Nothing like... Knife jigs. Micro jigging and knife jigs. So a bit of both. For the Kingfish, they're a bit heavier. Yep. And for the Snapper, a bit more on the micro side of things. But nothing better than hitting something that you are winding in, whether it's a king on top water or whatever it is. Yeah, the thrill of it. It's just 
great fishing. Uh, heading to Queensland, Pat. Yeah, what are we talking about? The reefs off Townsville. Excellent Piss. nannies at the moment. The reds plus the trout on jigs, which I, I'll leave to you to elaborate more because that's one of the things that you hammered when we've spent time there. Yes, because we have, actually. They are, once you, it's not like Victorian waters where you need to get the baits going in order to get the fish going to start using metal jigs and micro jigs. When you're fishing out of Queensland, if you find the structure, you'll get them on everything. pretty much anything. Don't take a pee. Um, basically, the baits are working good too, as you as we did say. But yeah, the micro jigs are terrific. They're the only thing, if you anchor up on structure right, you've got to allow for current. Yep. So match your jig, flick it up current and match your jig size to the current because it does hook off the barrier reef there. It really gets going. Does uh, that mean wherever you, like once you find the structure, you've sort of got to re-navigate where you actually park your boat? 100%, yeah. Because by the time that you let your, your line down, whether it's, you know, yep. you might be 30 metres of water, your reef might be, f- you know, five metres, there's going to be a lot of movement there yep. for you to lose track of where the I would be anchoring on the... The, the side the tide's hitting, I'd yep. be anchoring on that side, favouring that side. Yeah. So, so your jig is always going to be, or your bait's always going to be. I like fishing out of the back of the boat. Yeah. So everything's out of the back of the boat, favouring favouring that as much as possible. But your top water stuff's working too. So working the edge of the reef on all those reefs, these like coral trout are getting caught on top water. Some of the stuff that I've seen, it's unbelievable up there. Tweed, you had a couple of good reports. Yeah, as well. some really good tailor uh, right next to the Fingal Caravan Park, a couple hundred metres up. We love that. It is it, lots of small fish in there. But there's some crackers mixed in, uh, some cracker fish mixed in with it too. Uh, heading over to the west, what do you have for us, the boys from Western, Western Angler? Scotty, our good mate, what's are you reporting, Redmond? Yeah, so they're at the Mackerel Islands. It's an ordinary place, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible fishing, they report. Queenies, Goldens, Shark Mackerel, Mac Tuna, Goldspot, Trevally, and Spaniards too. So just literally everything happening out there. And I could. there's no point. There's every technique is working. So it's a really, really good fishery out there. What about uh, Perth Metro? Something a little bit more accessible for the vast majority of uh, West Australians? Yeah, the Jewfish fishing very, very good. But something that caught my eye was a bright red fish that was mixed in. And this gentleman had a couple of these. Uh, I don't even know what they are. I didn't know what they are, I should say. A bright red fish, right? It's called a foxfish. You ever heard of it? No, never heard of it. This guy could have made it up. But a foxfish, and they were mixed in with the Jewfish, and supposedly they said they were really good to eat. Anyone wants to clarify, send us a message. But Love to hear from you. Yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, so plenty happening out of Perth Metro as well. Uh, uh, South Australia, uh, the barrels oh, out of Port Lincoln, Redmond. Which is not usual. This is a first... So I don't know if it's the first time. I shouldn't say that. But no, there's, what do you mean? Port Lincoln is unknown for their tuna. Yeah, for their school tuna. But their barrel run has been unbelievable. Have How big are we talking? 140 plus kilo, these fish. And they're big. I, like, I haven't seen many under 130. There's over 150. The guy broke the, was on the news during the week. Port Lincoln, Marion Bay. Where's uh, Nettie McHenry? We need to get well, Nettie on. The little whisper told me that Rob was down there and lost one. So Oh, no. He's not going to be happy with Conservationist old Rob, but uh, let them go. But they, uh, Nettie McHenry should be amongst that. Uh, <laughs> should be. Bag limit captures of whiting out of the Yorks Peninsula again. So that's fishing. You reported that a couple of weeks back, and I'm still as good as it Continues was. Yeah, to be a it's great really, place really, to fish. Saw some really good whiting fingers during the week. Uh, Tasmania, Apple there's been Island. some big uh, calamari. Yeah, everything, everything's big at Eagle Hawk Neck. <laughs> that is true. It's uh, fishing very good. Big, big calamari there. So big ocean calamari and lots of them. So fishing very good from hoods fifty. Uh, sorry, forty to fifty centimeters. So very good size. Lake Pill 
Plimsoll, a hotspot for trout at the moment. I Not, like how you've added trout into your reports. Do you? You're I becoming don't, you're becoming a really well-rounded angler. I'll wait till you get you're to the Victorian just, one. I've done well you're too. You're not there. just salt centric. You are, you know, you you you're covering bases for every angler. That takes us to Victoria. It's the first compliment I've ever got off Pat. It's uh, well, can I finish my Sorry. little thing there? You can. The trout aren't really <laughs> the trout aren't massive. As I, as I cut you off, yeah, finish me up early. Thank half, you. Halfway through your trout report. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I leave it out next week. Uh, <laughs> not huge fish, but lots of them there. Yep. And uh, most techniques are working. Small plastics and the likes working well too. And uh, If course, you're looking to target them through the school holidays, one of the, the simplest ways to do it, uh, buy yourself a Tassie Devil. Yeah, that and that's in the Victorian port coming up. It's just one of the most effective waves. Yeah. Pink or white, so I've been told. is the I've had my best success on pink, but Lee Rayner yeah. loves a white one. He reckons white's one of the best colours in the Tassie Devil range. Well, now, without getting too ahead of ourselves for this Victorian report, I would say Parambeet would be the place that, you know, that's a, in terms of accessibility, they've obviously had their ramps um, totally reconfigured, rebuilt. It's a great place to take your boat and get your kids into yeah, trout fishing. There's a few trout there uh, around the Tassie Devils, but the thing that's on fire at Parambeet is the redfin. They are literally on and fire. And which is a beautiful eating fish they as are, well if you want to get here personally never eaten them, but they reckon they taste very similar to the King George Whiting. Yeah, That's they're what beautiful. I've had them every... Because I don't like freshwater fish in terms yep. of eating freshwater fish. They're an exception. They're I've, really nice. I've got to try it, to be honest with you. I really need to. But yeah, they're fishing well out of Parambit, But What about Portland? Give well, me your report there. Well, you're going there, so I've just been told. We're going there. Uh, what dates are Well, there, you're picking up the... <laughs> you're picking up the... Bu- well, I'd planned a... I don't know, middle of September? What's your middle of September like? Uh, make it work. <laughs> Barrel's going very well out of there. Most boats yep. are getting two to four shots a day. So okay. it's good. We, if we, you and I would go there during the week and we had a bit of a weather go, I'd be pretty confident we're going to have a bit of fun on a big fish. What about the... No school fish. Yeah, right. So that's been See such a... Gone. Gone this, which is good. So it makes what, the barrel fishing easier to determine. You don't have the distraction of school fishing you're if chasing you're chasing it. barrels. So what are the... What are the pro boats doing down there, the charter boats? They're pretty much nearly all done. Yeah. So I think Matt Hunt might still be there. Um, the local guys will still be there. But nearly majority of them are done, yep. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, okay. yeah, it's harder probably to get a charter there. But there'll be still a couple of guys there. Just check them out and you'll find them. Uh, pushing back this way a little bit, towards us a little bit, towards the east, the Port Ferry, bottom fishing, Salty Dog Charters. Ten school sharks a day, just every day. Really? It's unbelievable fishery there. And snapper and... Blue, uh, Queen Morwong, uh, Queen Snapper, I should say, Morwong. Um, just everything off the board. Nanagai, just everything. Like, I don't know where to start. The fishing's sensational. And big gummies, too. Uh, so that's really good. The reef fishing local is firing up. We have the G-Man on soon to take us through Western Port. The snapper he's been going. Yeah, stick around. Sensational. Gwen Blake joins us uh, after the break to yep. chat through uh, Western Port. And it's a chat not, not worth missing. Yep because some of the secrets to his success of late 90-plus centimetre fish, and he's going to chat all things salt guide and nailing these early snapper. And the reef fish all along the whole coast. I mentioned Port Ferry, but even back home, Barwon Heads, and right down to Gippsland, they're just fishing very, very good at the minute. Uh, Trout in Lake Glen Maggie on Tassie Devils. You mentioned the Tassie Devils before. Fish very well. Estuary perch off McLaughlin's right up to 40 centimetres. Really good estuary perch. And... That's, That's pretty much what I've got for you at the minute. 
That's beautiful work, Redman. That's, that's some of your best stuff. Uh, that wraps our whip around. After the break, as we said before, Gwaine Blake joins us. He's going to chat through some of these enormous early snapper that he's been catching and the tips and tricks to the success of them early in the season. You're listening to Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures for Visit Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. It is now time for All Aboard. Our special guest this morning is one of our regulars, Gwaine Blake, who is, of course, a partner of yours in Salt Guide. And for those unfamiliar with Salt Guide... Yeah, it is. Gwaine and I and Gwaine, myself and Craig have a brilliant platform to teach people basically how to fish and uh, starting from scratch. So what I mean by that is tying a hook on right through to bait presentations, to understanding tides, moons, everything that goes into it. Gwaine and myself have thousands of tutorial videos on the website and, of course, our weekly fishing report, which comes out every sort of Thursday, Friday for you guys to attack the weekend into the start of next week regarding the tides. Has Salt Guide changed over the years for you, Gwaine? Um, well, it's, it's actually made me be able to just fish so i've actually left construction and and i can actually just fish now and concentrate on yeah being a dad and fishing which is really takes the pressure off but salt guide itself yeah it's changed a lot like i think me and aaron probably the easiest way to say is we dumb things down like yep. you, you know red very Easy. well both of us think and think and speak very fast and we've got very quick actions and that's probably why we're so successful on the water but we actually had to dumb it back down to like slow ourselves up and talk about how it works. Yeah. Well, and, for, yeah, that's what Salt Guide's done for, for us. For Gwaine and I, like, you, we don't think of the things that people think of. Like, yesterday, Comes naturally just an example, You're I talking about how you prepare and... Like, even just the time we go, like, I'll just naturally, I'll literally just flick on my phone, Willy Weather, and take two seconds. I don't even need to look into detail on a tide that we're looking for that whiting. And I know that what the moon's going to be for the week, for instance. And sort of... Puts you in the area to where you're going to fish. You just sort of just know, and that's and that takes us through to. Well, Gwaine. no, you don't just know. That's no, the point. That's what I'm, you that, do. That's, what, that's yes. what I'm saying. Gwen and I just know, like, and it's going to take us through to the conversation that we're going to have now with G-Man. Is basically the last handful of snapper seasons, right? Have haven't traditionally been the snapper season. Now, Gwen, turned to timing. You're talking. Yeah, turned to timing, and when they've been bought. And what I mean by that is, is snapper season back in the day charters used to start in october and Gwaine was obviously there doing them back in the day and snapper season october the first the first charters after the footy grand final that's sort of when the ticket when it started and whatnot melbourne cup all that sort of time as well and but the last few years it just hasn't been that and for instance western port that it was never that early bite period that they were getting that that you can get in western port which we're about to talk about it's it backed off a bit I went through all my photos with Craig during the week and basically all my snapper fishing was done from pretty much the 10th of November last year through to mid-December. So it was short, sharp snapper season's bite times. But this year with the spring that we're seeing, he's going to literally go to the conversation now that Gwaine's going to tell us and what he's been doing in Westerport because he's been landing some super early August snapper and doing it very, very well. G-Man, take it away. Okay, so basically, like Red said, the last couple of years we've had these horrible windy wet um, springs and they really haven't let the temperature grow the way it should but this year it's 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 more of a slow burn it feels like you know we're getting those nice spring weather patterns starting to happen now getting really traditional 
um, calm days, calm winter days when the sun's out. And that's something we haven't had for a couple of years. And that's what you need. So we have two runs of stock in Western Port. We're very lucky. We've got the Western stock that comes from Portland and we've got the Eastern stock that comes from sort of Lakes Entrance Way. And both these stocks of snapper spend most of their year actually out on the edge of the continental shelf in between sort of 120 and 200 metres of water. So you could go out any time during the height of summer and even through autumn and you can catch snapper out in those areas. And then as the daylight starts to grow, which is happening now, that triggers them spawning mode and they start heading back in towards the shallow inlets to spawn. The other thing is we're also getting a little bit of rain, so there's nutrient trails, that's what they smell, and they come in up towards Western Port and we get the eastern run of fish first. They come in the eastern entrance and we've got all the tributaries on that side of our port. There's none on the north side, on the western side. They're all on the eastern side, Bass River, Lang Lang, all that sort of stuff. The fish smell that, it's like a burly trail, and they head up into the shallows. The other thing we've got is a lot of more sediment in the water on that side. So the, with sediment in the water, the water's more dense. So actually the water heats up quicker in the sunlight. So that side of the, of the bay will heat up a lot quicker than the north side. Just to stop you there, Gwen, what temperature yeah. have you got up at the top of the Western Port at the minute? So right in the top where there's no tidal flow because there's sort of a, an eddy in the middle where the two tides hit from where they come around the island. It's getting up to 14.5. Yep. Whereas Port Phillip, say, middle of Port Phillip Bay at the moment, probably like 11.5. Yeah, well, the ocean at the minute, uh, yesterday I was 14.5, the ocean I had, and the bay bottom end was 12.5. Yeah, right. Yeah, at the bottom of the bay. Yeah. And that that makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Pat, you go outside yesterday and it wasn't that much warmer. It was like one degree warmer, but the sun's out. And you start feeling amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like as soon yeah. as spring hits, we all start feeling better. So it's the same for the fish, like half a degree. And we're only talking degrees. But if you watch what the Yanks do, they're talking Fahrenheit. So like Fahrenheit can be like three points, whereas half a degree is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing we've got is Western Port's a lot shallower than Port Phillip Bay. So most of Western Port, like nearly 70% of it would be actually less than three metres deep. Mm. So yeah, I think Port Phillip, quicker. I think Port Phillip, the average is out just over, t- between 10 and 11, I think it averages out, doesn't it, Dwayne, something like that? Yeah. So, yeah, it, so Port Phillip takes longer to heat up. Yep. Is there baits that you can use to entice these fish to get going earlier, Dwayne? Like, is there anything that you change up from when they're, you know, really flowing um, in, you know, February, Jan, Feb versus the start of it now as you're starting to get some really good fish, but you're working hard for it. Yeah. Um, probably your key factors would be um, rising barometer, um, calm days, and then I like oily baits this time of year. So more your snapper, if you're buying from a market, like a normal fish shop, sauries, yakas, trevally. Yep. And then as the water gets a little bit warmer, our squid come in to start spawning. And once once a squid spawns, it dies. So then all of a sudden they switch over to squid because it's more accessible and it's high in protein. So that actually helps them uh, put on their weight to get into spawning mode quicker. So as the water heats up, 
the fishes and tabulism heats up as well. So they just start, like if you've ever watched the documentaries, the bears eat in Alaska eat all the salmon. They only eat the eggs and the brains because that's got the highest protein to put weight on for winter. The snappers sort of go the same way. They They want to put the most amount of protein on as they come up to spawning season. So it's going to be calamari, the main thing. And that normally happens when the water hits about 15 and a half, 16 degrees. Yeah. Yep. We're not far away off the squid run in Port Phillip too. And he did mention that in Western Port. But there's some there's some good calamari you've been getting through Western Port too. And you've been using that uh, as your fresh baits as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I always mix it up. I will always have calamari in my spread first for snapper. So I'm probably like half-half at the moment. And this... These fish I've got lately, it's been everything. So we've caught them on salmon, we've caught them on yakka. Uh, the biggest ones come off uh, baby cuttlefish head. You say the biggest one. What size fish have you been catching, Gwen? They haven't been your small pinkies. I know you've caught a couple of pinkies along the way, but you've, they're, they're quite good fish you're getting. Yeah, so the lead, leading fish, these are the older fish, and they sort of lead the way of the actual schools. And they know if they get up you know, the top end, they'll get that early spawn so they could literally be spawning up there in like six weeks time and then they'll head back down the bay and there is records of fish spawning in western port leaving western port heading into port phillip bay and spawning again (laughs) but um so these fish are anywhere from i think uh, 68 centimeters the smallest and the biggest been 90 centimeters (laughs) they're they're good fish yeah (laughs) It's not bad for this time of the year. Um, Gwaine, thank you for your time this morning on, on Real Adventures. We love having you on because no one knows Western Port better than what you and do. And stick close to his reports when he writes them because on Salt Guide, he'll put you in the area to, to catch these fish and the access that he gives you is like no other in Western Port. So the way he follows the temperature, the time of the year, then obviously he'll move into Port Phillip when they start to and we work together doing all that together. But... I live a bit far from Western Port, so unfortunately I'm not helping him over there, but he's doing a very good job well, you know covering who wins? the rains early season. You know who wins? The fish? No, the members win because there's a uh, <laughs> – oh, for, the for those unaware, there's a nice rivalry between the U2, Port Phillip, and Western the, Port. Oh, so Port if you want better. the best of both, <laughs> how much is it a week? Uh, I think it's $14. It wouldn't be 15 bucks a week. So that's for uh, your monthly membership, and then the yearly breaks it down even cheaper. Pretty sure that sounds about right, Wayne. That's right, and it's Father's Day this weekend, so if any of you guys haven't thought of anything, it's the gift that keeps giving. You can get a yearly, year-long membership, and you can actually steal all the dad's marks using Soul Guide, so I might it's even, pretty good. I might actually have to send Soul Guide an invoice after <laughs> this plug. I'll take this. This has been good. Saltguide.com.au is where you can get all that information and more. Gwen Blake, our special guest this morning on Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures for Visit Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit Mildura.com.au. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It is time for Red's Tip. Just snapper season's fast approaching, right? The yes. G-Man just got us really excited. Western Port guys should be already organised, but the Port Phillip guys and whatnot. You've got time. I'm just going to save you a dollar or two, and I do this every year. Every yep. year, the same tip. Buy your bait in bulk. Don't buy the servo stuff because you buy your – that's what I always get caught out doing. Go buy your bait in bulk if you're going to do a lot of fishing. Get your silver whiting. Go get 20 kilos and go get 40 kilos of pilchards. Yep. Bag them all up how you want to bag them. Get them fresh, whatever you want to do. 
buy your bait in bulk. It's just going to save you money and you're not going to defrost a whole block of pilchards all just for, I guess, to waste. I know you can reuse them for burly, but you get you pack them in little kilo bags, individually freeze them. Do you have a – what's your favourite bait or the ones that you're going to start with in oh, order to target My three will just be silver whiting, pilchard and squid. Nearly These days I've nearly got rid of the pilly, to tell you the honest truth. It just gets destroyed by – Pretty much everything. Yep. Um, it does catch your fish, 100% it does. It's caught me some of my biggest snapper and a lot of them, but it's just hard to keep on at times. So, yeah, silver whiting, pilly, and yep. uh, squid with the three go-to baits. I'm doing my squid stocks now, chucking a heap in the freezer so I'm ready to go. And uh, I'll be ordering my bait. I reckon the next two weeks I'll have all my bait ordered, and hence why I've chucked this in there. So I need to make a phone call actually today so I can have it all organised so I can go pick it up. It's ready to go. Now, Beautiful work. something that you and I heard during the week, and oh, this, this is, is a, the flying gaff patch. This is the fly, and this is a good gaff. Now, this is uh, the gaff this week goes to I don't even I'm not, I don't know the guy's name, so I'm just going to say the guy, this staff member at uh, Brisbane Yamaha. Nothing to do with Yamaha, but this is his take on the you know the assessment of the quality of hulls. Hunter, cruise craft. I'll tell you the difference. Here's the bruise craft. You hear that? Soft, drummy. Haynes Hunter. This is to their social media channels. Come and listen. Should see his face while he's doing it. Come and listen, same spot. Doesn't matter actually where you do it. That is why Haynes Hunter's the best fiberglass boat in Australia. That is why if you want. Boating information, I would never go and see that person because what he's done, he's filmed a video of a hang, of a cruise craft inside of a aluminium shed and then he's belted the side of it. And then he's gone outside where clearly the acoustics is different outside in the open environment, Aaron, but, to a Haynes Hunter. But it's not even that. Like, it, is, it's it, just, it is ridiculous. Yeah, everything about that is just a... Cruise craft's a beautiful boat. Unbelievable. Beautifully like, built. Haynes is a good boat. Like they're all good boats these days. They're not really bad boats. And what, oh, how's it's that just your re- selling point? You go and go. How's that a selling point? Like forget that's a boat. Actually taking your thing for Righto. for a run. I, I just couldn't believe it. So the gaff this week heads to that guy. That guy at Brisbane Yamaha. Um, Some of his other videos aren't much better. Just extraordinary, especially when like, hang on, you're saying that about a cruise craft. Like, a cruise craft. Why know. do you need to talk you went bad to the, about the boat? If you went to the Sydney boat show, my God, I'm not sure there was a boat that was turning more heads than the 680. Yeah, it, well, it got the best boat there. Like, <laughs> you're an idiot. And that wraps the show. <laughs> we are listening to Real Adventures, and uh, I think Pat's going fishing because uh, he's got plenty of time on his hands. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't. We'll see you out in the water soon with hopefully a barrel report.